the wet bandits podcast where this tall stool <laughs> gives me more height than you it's kind of creaky too it is a little creaky i don't know if people can hear it but we can hear it through the headphones i'm mike and this is sam wheezy and slammy b coming to you from sam's sweatbox the his apartment yeah um and do you think it's hot in here it's the same temperature in here as it is outside i think yeah there is some more there's some air movement in uh-huh. here with the fans it's really not that bad though. It's probably it was probably cooler in here than it was at my work today, which sucked. It was very hot. ACU was not working or something. Huh. But you know what? Each day is a gift from God, <laughs> and I am not gonna <laughs> I am not gonna uh, take that for granted. Speaking of gifts from God, I had a trademark forgot to press record before this episode, but gift from God. We only made it like five seconds before I realized it. Uh-huh. So YouTube won't even see instead it. Instead of like a whole hour and a instead half. Of, <laughs> instead of a whole hour and a half. So gift from God again. All right. So we are the Wet Bandits podcast. We're two-fifths of the 90s cover band, the Wet Bandits from Columbus, Ohio. We do uh, discographies. We cover a band's catalog from start to finish. And we look at how that changes. Sometimes we answer a, a question, a burning question that we need to answer about that band but mostly we're just taking a look at how they evolve from the start of their career to the end of their career um or at least the end the the last album that has come out uh since we started case in point we did our tool discography uh we just finished that one up and we finished that with the release of fear inoculum which is cool too much to cover, blah, blah, blah. But then last week we did our palate cleanser episode where we did uh, another soundtrack and we did the Conehead soundtrack. Uh, great costumes, uh, not a great, terrible movie. Uh, soundtrack, I don't know. It's okay. Soundtracks are tough, yeah. man, um, because you're bound to have some duds. I, th- I think yeah. what makes a really good soundtrack, like we've said a million times, is it gives you a real feel for the movie. Like you can watch, listen to the soundtrack and like kind of know how the movie goes. Now that that's more of a musical, like a, a musical film thing, than it is maybe a traditional soundtrack. But you know, we talked about Kodachrome and how that that Paul Simon song really is a perfect like family montage mm-hmm. song. Um, so that, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, I guess. Um, but Soul to Squeeze, a very popular Red Hot Chili Peppers song, was on that soundtrack, and so that leads us into the next discography we're going to do, which is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And their first album, which is the first one we're going to cover, obviously, their first album was released on July 20th, 19... Whoops, that was the Conehead soundtrack. I am ahead of myself. I'm a little behind. Red Hot Chili Peppers was released August 10th, 1984. Hmm. You were not born. I was but a three-year-old babe. Like, that's pretty... That's pretty young for, for me. 
you know, every album we've done, I've been at least aware of what's going on in music when Mm -hmm. it's released, but I'm three years old when they come out with this. Entered at number 201 on the U.S. charts. I'm surprised it was that high. Yeah. You know, Uh, band's first album coming in at 201, that's, that's, you got to be proud about that. Okay, number one song. The number one song for on August 10th, 1984 was Prince When Doves Cry. That's interesting. You know that song? Nope. You don't know that song? No. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. Boo, boo, boo. Ee, boo, boo, boo. Who does that song? Prince. Prince? Yeah. You know who Prince is. Yeah. But that, I don't know. People love Prince. I'm not really into that. I respect him more than I like. Sure. can listen to his... Dude can play. Yeah. Dude can play for sure. And I'm the same way. Like, e- even his most... Like, When Doves Cry is a really popular song, and I'm just like, well, I could take mm-hmm. it or leave it. Um, I did make a note that the next the next week, the number one song was Ghostbusters. The oh, Ghostbusters really? The Ghostbusters theme song was the, up the next week, his most popular I wonder what song. that soundtrack's like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have it. Yeah. Um, it... Yeah, I don't know. Because the only song... I, I know there's other songs on there, like like there's the song that my sister and I would always make fun of is is When the Ghosts Get Released. You know the uh, movie pretty well? No, not very well. Well, you know, the, the real turn in the plot is when uh, the EPA comes, the environmental... Mm-hmm. Odd, oddly enough, because we were talking about how Coneheads is like oddly of our time now where the main villain is like an immigration officer kind of um and it's almost the reverse in ghostbusters and ghostbusters the bad guy is an environmental protection agency agent Uh and he comes in and he's like this is you know holding these ghosts is in direct violation of the environmental protection act and so he forces them to release the ghosts but really to turn off their power grid yeah because their power grid is eating so much power you know so he orders them to turn it off and they're like that would be really bad and he's like do it and so they release all these ghosts and when they release all these ghosts this song comes on it's it's like this real weird like almost like wooden block beat but it's also like um synthesizer obviously i'm doing a bad impression of wood blocks but um and then it's this like flangered voice that goes please please Please, and then some unintelligible words, and he's singing, and it, because they're also like, it's more than one vocal line that they're uh-huh. like in and out of phase with each other, so it's hard to understand what he's saying. But it's a really weird song, but it's also kind of fun. And then the yeah. ghosts take over the town, or whatever. I can remember that song, and I can remember the Ghostbusters theme. Yeah, that's all I can think of right now. Obviously, we're also trying to not leave silence. I could sit here and think about it for mm-hmm. a little while, yeah. and probably come up with a few, but we're gonna pass on that um but anyway that was those were number one uh number one main mainstream rock song uh that day august 10th 1984 rock me tonight by billy squire don't know that one uh i think you would if you heard probably it. um and because billy squire is one of those guys who has a bunch of songs that yeah you yeah. know and you're like oh yeah he has a signature sound too, but yeah. I just think you'll, I, I, you'd probably know it if you heard it, but probably. it's not a great, uh-huh. it's like all Billy Squire songs. They're, yeah. all, they're all kind of the same. Uh-huh. You know? No offense, uh, BS, Billy Squire. Number one album, 
that shouldn't be that big a surprise because of when dubs doves cry when dubs cry dubs <laughs> when number one album was purple rain which is uh, prince obviously yeah um dude it was pretty interesting i hate to i'd like to not elaborate too much on the charts at that time one because it doesn't have it's supposed to just give us perspective on this particular episode it's not supposed to be like a history lesson right what was yep. hot on the billboard charts 1984 was like really interesting uh-huh. because you had thriller still number one for like the first half of the year and then uh huey lewis in the news released sports and it was number one for one week and then the Footloose soundtrack oh. was number one for like three or four weeks, and then uh, and then Purple Wayne was number one for the rest of the year. Purple Wayne, Purple Wayne, <laughs> Purple Wayne was number one for the rest of the year. So for fifty-two weeks, there were only five albums that were ever Damn. at number one, and just huge, huge blocks of time for Thriller and Purple Rain. Yeah, Purple Wayne. <laughs> And like, <laughs> so I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting and is the kind of thing that will never happen again. You know, there's never going to be a, a single album that's so popular yeah. that it's number one for 30 weeks in a row or whatever. It's kind of sad, you know, uh, because albums are going the way of the Dodo. But that's that's why we're here to bring back album popularity. We've brought it upon ourselves to get people to listen to albums again. So without further ado, let's get to it we're talking red hot chili peppers their self-titled first release um let's just um kick it off uh tasty groove with the very first song from this album That was kind of a long clip, but I wanted to get to that last part where it's like, the taste is blood and the blood never lies till we die. Um, so that's True Men Don't Kill Coyotes, which is a mixture of the two correct ways to pronounce coyote. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, looked, I looked it up because I, I've always wondered, like, what, what is the dividing line between people who say coyotes and coyote? Um, it seems like coyote is more of a Western Okay. Uh, pronounce like it's more, which would make sense. These guys are yeah. from LA, um, but typically, well, and I don't, not to be a stickler about this, but like coyotes in the dictionary, that pronunciation, and then coyote is in the dictionary, hmm. not so much coyote. Yeah. So it, it, you know, 
I'm nitpicking. Yeah. <laughs> really, what I'm saying is, I looked it up because I didn't want to be ignorant and come on here and be like, you know, say coyotes, and it was some, and it was actually some music cho- musical choice by the Chili Peppers. Um, it, that's it, just two different ways to say yeah. the same thing. But. My favorite song on here, yeah, dude, me too. A uh, little story. I said I was only three years old when this came out, but I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but I know I did actually. Um, I had an eighth grade girlfriend in fellowship of Christian ath in FCA mm-hmm. fellowship of Christian athletes. And they can, I won't go through the whole story, but in basically there was a retreat an FCA retreat and you'd go to these like different classrooms and they had this class where they basically told us like all our music was of the devil <laughs> and, we, and we should only listen to like audio adrenaline and, yeah. and DC talk. Um, and so I was like, I guess I have to get rid of my CDs if I need to be, if I want to be with my lady, but I couldn't do it. Like I was, I was so new to, you know, modern rock music and I just loved it so much. I couldn't give it my, I couldn't bring myself to get rid of all of my CDs. I was able to get rid of one red hot chili peppers. What hits because I just wasn't into it at all. And partly because they, it was so different Uh and what hits only gets to they had it's under the bridge was on it uh-huh. that was the only one from uh blood sugar sex magic and no other singles were on it from from that album and and earlier yeah so this was That's like cool. the be- this was really the like funky like mm-hmm. rappy red hot chili peppers and i wasn't into it but i do remember that this song was on it um i don't think i liked it particularly well but but i know it was on there yeah so that's that's my that's this is the, really the only song on here that i remember or like having familiarity with mm-hmm. when, I, when i bought this um oh speaking of which i kind of wanted to mention this little thing i'm gonna do because there's a lot of red hot chili peppers albums and i don't own them all so what i've decided is to i bought the first one and i won't spill the beans right now but if i like it well enough i'll buy the second one yeah. To prepare. Otherwise, I'm just listening to the songs on YouTube because uh-huh. I ain't made of money. Bunny? Made of money. But that's my plan here. Yeah. So, anyway, dude, I really, really like that song. Yeah. Um, I'll probably, I will probably buy all of them just to have them. Yeah. You know, because I... It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. it's just so interesting, but we'll get about it later, just their journey, you know? So, yeah. I know we've we've asked this question before, like what band is the most evolved? Yeah, and and I think I'm gonna end up making a probably thinking the Chili Peppers are one of the more like, uh-huh. evolved bands we've covered. Um, so I got I got this book to kind of help me with this. Um, it's half it's half like bio auto, sorry it's half biography half sort of like covers each song they've done. And 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 it's supposed to be like this is what the song's about. Mm. I, as I read it, it turned out it wasn't that. So oh, much. so I mean, it, it's what it cl- that's what it claims to be. Yeah. But as I read it, it's by this guy named Rob Fitzpatrick, and the reason I'm giving his name is because I'm gonna shit on him a lot. Um. So Rob Fitzpatrick, he it's got this little biography, which here and there like makes sense, but in other parts kind of doesn't like at one point he says that flea the bass player is named flea because he was small and kids picked on him 
Mm-hmm. But in the Red Hot Chili Peppers autobiography, it says that they gave them they gave all gave themselves names. Flea's just the only one that like stuck. Yeah. Um, I tend to believe the Red Hot Chili Peppers autobiography over right. Rob Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Especially because Rob Fitzpatrick is the and I get like we kind of do the same thing. Like a lot of the criticisms we have are opinion based, mm-hmm. you know. But Rob Fitzpatrick gets in here and he. And I'm not going to mention everything he says, but like he says some things that are just like flat out wrong. Like, and all he needed to do was read the liner notes of the album and he would know better. Yeah. So his, this is his take. I'm there, I just want to go over this because we both agree. This is the best song on here. Uh-huh. It's at least our favorite. Yeah. Rob Fitzpatrick says an uneven start to the album. It's true the band don't sound like anyone else. It's also true that few people would want to sound much like them. Their problems with producer Andy Gill, Gill are clear from the start. Hmm. Like, wow, dude. Just crapping on True Men Don't Kill Coyotes right off the bat. Um, Andy Gill, uh, this is kind of important to note. They had Andy Gill produce this, and they were pretty excited about it. He was, I'm going to, I forget the band now. I should have wrote this down, but um, Andy Gill was in a punk band i think from england that they really admired and they were excited to have him produce this for them and it, but it was apparently like a struggle to get things done with him the way they wanted to. Oh. there's a pretty funny story that was both in this book and mm-hmm. corroborated by flea where well with different details i'm going to give flea's details so flea's details were um flea's plan you know, they're laying down tracks, laying down flute tracks. <laughs> they're laying down tracks. And uh, and Fleet just goes, I got to take a shit. And uh, Andy Gill was kind of like annoyed at his unprofessional, lack yeah. of professionalism, I guess. And he was just like, all right, well, bring it back and let me see how it went or whatever. So Flea like literally took a pizza box and took a dump on it oh and then brought God. it back into the studio and like showed him. So they didn't really get along that well. That's funny. Um, I, mm, I'm debating. Let, let's keep going a little bit through. Well, do you want to talk about this song at all? Like no, what you like it's, about it's, it? I think this song really defines the uh, old chili. Yeah, kind. You I know do. What I, mean? I do too, a little bit. I mean, I don't know them that well. Yeah. So it's that's probably a little unfair, and actually probably a little wrong, because that's what we talked about this too, and it, I think it's fine to say it now. Like. Going into this, I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. about covering all these Red Hot Chili Peppers albums because normally it's pretty hard for me to get through an entire one, an entire album without being like, oh my God, get me through this yeah. song. They they are really hit or miss for me. And, and not just like, oh, this album's great and this album's not. Mm-hmm. Usually, even if I think the album's pretty good, there's four or five songs that I'm like, get me through this track. Um, so anyway... Um, Next song, I can't get out of my head. I was listening to it on the way here. It's Baby Up Here. The kid had a case of time to rock. 
do you think? Are you overjoyed with that baby appeal? I like it. I, I kind of do too. It grew on me. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> when I was just listening to that song, it kind of reminded me of like the fresh Prince of Bel Air theme <laughs> song. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like with the eight. It's just like the '80s drums. It's dude. not like hair bearing drums, but it's like '80s pop. Dude, I was I was thinking the same. Th- that's the first song. I mean, it's the second song on here, but um, the that snare drum yeah. is like. How would you describe it? Just like the reverb. Yeah, st- you it's know so I mean? echo. Yeah. The echo's the wrong word. It's reverby. It's so reverby. Yeah. Like, but that's how that style yeah. was. Then, yeah. You know? I mean, it's you had to do it, or yeah, your prob- your shit probably probably wouldn't get noticed. Yeah. You know. I think now is appropriate to talk about kind of where the band was at this point. Yeah. So, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were originally Flea, Anthony Kiedis, who are the only original members that are still in the band. So bass player and singer slash rapper. And then the guitar player originally was Hillel Slovak. And the drummer originally was Jack Irons, both of whom continued on with the Chili Peppers later. But those two, Jack and Hillel, were in a different band called uh, What If, I think. What is this? Mm -hmm. What is this? And they were finding their own like level of success and when the Chili Peppers got this record deal, they kind of wanted to stay with that other band. And as you can imagine, when they're when you're really young, I think they're still they might even be teenagers still, but at, at oldest early twenties, they're so stoked they've got this record deal. They're going to get this producer that they're so excited about. Like they want to get this done, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact that they feel like two of their original band members have just decided they're not going to take part. So I can see why they would rush to find two people to fill in the space. And the guys they get are this guitar player named Jeff Sherman and a drummer named Cliff Martinez. Martinez, I'll let you talk about him. Martinez is in the band, I think, for two albums. This one and the next one, uh, uh, Freaky Styley. But Sherman only makes it through this album. And Flea said... Flea says later that Sherman tried to sue them for like mental anguish Hmm. or something like that. Like they abused him and the chili peppers just kind of brushed that off. Like this guy was what a jerk. And I'm always kind of like, maybe this is because I'm contrarian sometimes, but like I could see every time you see interviews with, Flea or Anthony Kiedis, like they seem like the nicest guys in the world. Yeah. But you also have to have like some level of insanity to be in this band. Right. Right. <clears throat> I, I mean, they were doing the whole, you know, naked except yeah. for socks on their cocks. Uh-huh. And yeah, Anthony Kiedis is a full blown drug addict. Yeah. Already. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so, and Flea's, you know, I don't know if explicitly he was taking drugs or if he was straight edge or what, uh-huh. but like, Regardless, Flea supported Anthony. I, you know, I don't want to judge, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. Like, I could see scenarios where, like, living with them would be a real burden. Uh-huh. Like, working with them would be a real burden. So, I'm not so quick to say, like, I think Jeff Sherman's up a creek. I, I don't know that I. Plus, it's their sue. band, you know, so they're making all the rules. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that too. So, anyway. I kind of feel bad for Jeff Sherman, and I'm going to say that a lot of what he does on here, I like. Like yeah. his guitar tone to kick this song off, uh-huh. I really like it. Um, I like a lot of his guitar tones, and I'll touch more on them later, but uh, 
What do you think of Cliff Martinez, the drummer here? It's all right. Yeah. It's I. It's kind of like the same as like uh, Nirvana's drum, first drummer. You know, there's not a whole lot of dynamics. It's just kind of playing through the song. Oh yeah. N- know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'd see. I love dynamics, but I didn't notice that yeah. until now that you say it. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. It's just kind of like play. Is there any of that? Is any of that? I don't know if you know uh, or would have any insight about like the recording process with that. Like, does reverby drums like probably make it more difficult? Probably, to, yeah. Because okay. just because w- it's taking up more space, so you could hear less of the uh, notes that you're playing. I right. don't, you know what I mean. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And plus, if it's so echo echo e you're playing like quarter notes you yeah know, do 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 you know right. what i mean yeah instead of whatever else but yeah you're totally right it's not very yeah which is nothing's wrong with that like if that's what they were going for they they got it yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah um yeah interesting i i think he shows at least that he has chops yeah you know he does some interesting stuff and and Flea says he genuinely like liked him as a player and yeah. a person, so he must never have tried to sue. Um, <laughs> track three um, is called Buckle Down. of this song it's good man i like um, it too i'm gonna let it play i want to get to 104 but what you can, were you gonna say you can really tell that they're going for like rap audience too you totally know I mean? this is where they're like we're rap this yeah. is rap if in case you didn't get it yeah this is like rap rock. Uh, so in about 10 seconds we're gonna get to this chorus here Right here, guys. Sounds like a dolphin. (laughs) Those guitar rigs sound like a dolphin. I think this chorus sounds like you're in Contra and you're about to like shoot the mothership down. (laughs) Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, I just put up the rock horns because I, lo- I love that guitar solo. He had he does a lot of there's actually kind of a lot of guitar solos, but they're all like really short. Yeah, but he does a lot. It's cool. With, yeah, yeah, it's cool that they're short and it's cool that he like makes the most of it. Yeah, those were like I wrote in my notes that those are outlaw torn style like oh, squeals uh, kind of like pew 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 or like the one on uh, Tempest, bro. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean with the yeah. computer, like. right? Right, the butter, the cocoon. That yeah. The, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm. I like this song. It's yeah. fine. I have no complaints about it. It's, and on some, I just turned it off. Um, there. There is a little bit of it. Kind of feels like they just kind of Frankenstein a couple different parts together and like said this is the song. Mm. Like, I don't know that the verse and the chorus fit together, but that's a really 
ticky tack thing to say about like it was their choice yeah um i don't know i guess what i'm sort of saying is that it doesn't totally win me over but like i like listening to it because i like each part i just don't know that the sum of the parts totally works yeah um song number four is the only single from the album this is get up and jump i heard this one too By the way, I apologize to people watching on YouTube as I wipe snot from my nose. Uh. But um, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> um, my favorite, what's your favorite line in that song? Do you have one? Like the lyrics? Yeah. Dude, I can't even listen to the lyrics because the bass is just the tits, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? There's a lot going on there. And it, it's cool. You're right. But I can't get the lyrics out of my head. Because mostly because I'm so distracted by how I can't tell a word he's saying yeah. for the most part. Um, I had to look up. I had to look up one line because he kept saying, or I kept thinking he was saying, "You got a puffy in your pants. You got a puffy in your pants." And I'm like, "Oh, puffy is that slang for boner?" He's actually saying pumpkin. Apparently, <laughs> you got a pumpkin in your pants. You got a pumpkin in your pants, which I like. I don't yeah. know what having a pumpkin in your pants means, but it's a great line. <laughs> This this song along with a lot of the others really sounds you already said like they're trying to like show their rap chops with buckle down. But this sounds like early eighties rap. This yeah. sounds like Sugar Hill Gang, you know, like where the the flow is pretty basic. Yeah. The rhymes uh-huh. rhyme scheme's pretty basic. Not you know, it was still new, so so uh, you know, maybe a lot of the sort of um uh new ground hadn't been tread yet you know so uh the the exploration of what rap could be was still very new but it sounds a lot like early rap to me dude flea like broke the bass universe with this song yeah you you need to hear it a little more i mean like no one played like that right you know what i mean yep <clears throat> everybody's like who's this guy and he's yeah he's like barely 20 yeah or whatever maybe 19 i don't know but uh yeah, the, it's crazy when before we met for this, you were like, and you hadn't listened to it yet. Um, you were like, "Is it like a flea showcase?" And I still don't. I still think everybody gets their fair shake. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> but the the question, you know, I, I alluded to earlier that sometimes we like to answer questions about the band. The question I have the the. One that when we're all done with this, what's the most recent Chili Peppers release? 2016, 17. What's the album? Do you remember? The Getaway. The Getaway. By the time we get to The Getaway, I want to know who the MVP of Red Hot Chili Peppers oh. is. Because I think the answer is obvious. I think people think it's Flea. Yeah. I'm not sure that it is. So, But, but clearly, clearly, 
um, he gets the most attention. Yeah. Um, for more reasons than just his playing. Like uh-huh. he's crazy on stage presence. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he is probably like the glue of the band. Uh-huh. So in that sense, he, you know, maybe I am saying he's the MVP, but, um, but there's a lot, there's a lot to go around here. Um, what do you think of Get Up and Jump like as a song all on its own? That's cool. Yeah. Very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, Rob Fitzpatrick, the guy we were talking about earlier who wrote that book, it's his favorite. He says it's the most fully formed song and the first song on here where they sounded happy, <laughs> which you know, I don't buy it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's all pretty deep speculation there. Um, did you listen to the demo version of this that was on no. here? It's super raw. Um, and it doesn't have the horns, oh. but I kind of think I'm, it might sound a little, I think I like it better without the horns. It sounds like shit. We're going to listen to a little of it here. Shit. This sounds terrible. sounds like he's playing drums dude yeah flea flea has it going on clearly i'm glad we listened to that a little bit because if you were paying very close attention you noticed a thing that i was gonna say you know they complain including the band members not just um this book that i was reading but um you know in their autobiography they also complain about andy gill a little bit and how the production was not what they wanted and they didn't get what they wanted out of this album they thought they could have made a classic and instead they made something that they see highlights in, but they're not really like mega proud of it. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, at least Andy Gill got Anthony Kiedis to rap in time with the music. Oh. You know, his flow on, I keep talking about flow like I'm a big, but I don't know what else the to flow, call it. Dude. Like these demo cuts, he constantly is rushing uh-huh. the, the cadence and he always ends up like ahead of the music. Now they're, they're ex- possible excuses for that you know if he couldn't hear very well in his yeah in his headphones when they're doing these demos and obviously these demos sound like crap it's very possible that they were working with inferior equipment and he couldn't hear but like he's all over the place mm-hmm. and and it's not like that on the album like they rein him in so for whatever reason something got fixed when andy gill was at the board so like they can't they can't be that mad because he fixed a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of warts that were on this. So um then they pull this one out, this song called Why Don't You Love Me? Cool opening. Why don't you love me like you used to do? How come you treat me like a one hour shoe? My hair's still curly and my eyes are still blue. So why don't you love me like you used to do? Why don't they bulls on parade. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sax, dude. Yeah, man. Some horns, real horns. Yeah. 
I'm gonna fast forward to 104. This is the chorus here. makes me feel like I should be like in a desert. Yeah. You know what Dude, I mean? Dude, I, th- I have the same feeling. I think it's partly because it kicks off with True Men Don't Kill Coyotes yeah. and that there's like in the lyrics and the like imagery of the song, there is like a desert yeah. feel to it. But um, I get the same thing there. Um, this song, um, especially um, that that part we just stopped on, like again, like Flea, like hold it's not an, a difficult part to play but it's, yeah. it's really percussive uh-huh. um and uh i think there are a couple songs down here that sound a lot like primus oh. and especially when he's doing that singing voice there that's like kind of jokey like yeah. he sounds like les claypool there but um true men don't kill coyotes also reminds me of primus like where the bass is really carrying the chord structure of the mm-hmm. song um reminds me of primus but uh anyway um Going back to Fitzpatrick, my buddy Fitzpatrick, who's who I'm reading his book, he he's like, what? Are the, I don't know what this song is talking about. I'm par- this is not a direct quote anymore, um, but he's like, I don't understand what this song is about. Hair is still curly and eyes are still blue. Anthony, you don't have curly hair and you don't have blue eyes. What are you talking about? Well, shithead, this is a cover. Oh. Like this is a Hank Williams cover. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. No. Again, you wouldn't know unless you read the liner notes. Yeah. But or unless you were a big Hank Williams fan and you happen to know the song already. But like if you're writing a book about what these songs are about, you'd think you'd read the liner notes and it or at least see who wrote the fucking book. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but apparently this guy couldn't be bothered with that to see that this was a Hank Williams song. Um so I don't know. I didn't like that song the first time I listened to it, and now I'm kind of cool with it. Yeah. You know? Uh, it sounds a lot, you know, clearly the Hank Williams song probably doesn't sound like that. So I, I kind of like that they took it, you know, to a different place, especially that chorus. I'm into it. Um, Green Heaven. This is a cool song, I think. I just wiped my nose with a Kleenex like 30 times during that clip. It's bad news over here. Um, Green Heaven. I really dig this song. What do you think? I like it. It's do like you? hypnotic. Yeah. Like the... Yeah. Right. Um, it's a little dark. It's 
Um, it's the Anthony Kiedis is definitely trying to say something with this one. Oh. It's his most like political and sort of uh-huh. like social commentary that he did on here. It's a little imit. I was about to say juvenile, and then I started to say immature. And I don't know that it's that's the perfect word for either one, but it's a little superficial. Let's put it that way. Like it's a lot of you know cops suck and the uh, economy's bad. And like you know it's a lot of stuff that you know. I don't know, a kid would say yeah. in a bad poem, you know, which, of course, what I read about it was that when Flea saw the lyrics, he started calling people and was like, listen to this. This is heavy stuff. This is going to be a hit. Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, you can look up the lyrics yourself. They're not groundbreaking. Mm. Anthony Kiedis is not T.S. Eliot, you know. Um, so, but the song is cool. Yeah. A uh, little guitar solo at the end, which is also cool. Um, I actually think I pre- I prefer the demo version hmm. if I had to pick. So the demo version, again, very dirty, but it's it starts like this. A little quicker too. So, the drummer and guitar player on the demos are Jack Irons and Hello Slovak. So the okay. demos are the original lineup yeah. who would come back later. Mm-hmm. But um, but. Obviously, the like we already said, the album, the real album cuts are a different lineup. Um, what what do you know what that was at the beginning? Yeah, dude, talk box. Yeah, obviously, because you're not a fucking idiot <laughs> like Rob Fitzpatrick, <laughs> who wrote this book. And it's like this song starts with very distorted vocals, and it's like, bro. Oh man, he like, does not know. He's he just lost all of his credibility. All right there. credibility, yeah. like that is clearly a talk box. Yeah. <laughs> now. As I was driving over here and I was thinking about how I was going to dump on Rob Fitzpatrick, I started to think like, am I not, am I not being fair? Like this book I'm reading is not like a hard hitting Mm. Red Hot Chili Peppers biography. Like maybe it's meant to be only for the most basic of, you know, audio files or music fans or whatever. But still use the right language. Yeah. Yeah. I just... What I, to finish my thought, maybe he doesn't want to have to explain to people what oh. a talk box is, but I think to say it's just distorted vocals is awfully lazy. And it also, like, it's in line with him just not even mentioning that, uh, that Why Don't You Love Me is a Hank Williams song. Like, yeah. he clearly didn't do his homework on that. Uh-huh. I'm just guessing he has no clue what a talk box is. So, uh, so fuck you, Rob Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I think that's all I have to say about... Oh, no, there's one more thing I have to say about him. It'll be after this song. Dude, I, I love the guitar tone here. Dude, I love this song. Ooh, that's pop. 
coffee barrel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Am I hearing this right, or am I starting <laughs> like hallucinate these like notes? Yeah, know? yeah. It's a weird like the harmonies they do yeah. are kind of odd, and like the melody choice they make is odd. And um, this would this would typically fit as one of those songs on a Red Hot Chili Peppers that I'm, album that I'm like skip, like not into it. But then once you listen to it, you're like. Well, most of the time, once I listen to it, I'm not. I don't like it, but I like this one, uh-huh. like a lot. It doesn't rock, and it's. But I'm into this one. Is this? Would this be? Uh, back to the bandies. Would you play this one? Oh, <laughs> song to like make love to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> not for me. Maybe I no, no. Um. Well, the lyrics are kind of out there. They are but, like. I'm That's talking it. about the vibe. Yeah. It's like <laughs> oh no, it is definitely like a groovy. Like yeah. I can see you making love to this song. <laughs> but the fact that mommy, <laughs> um, that's what I was gonna shit on Rob Fitzpatrick one more time for. He says the uh, you know the problem with this song is just that Anthony Kiedis they're singing to their daughter and he's trying to get an inappropriate kiss from his daughter, and I'm like. Dude, I think daddy is slang here. Mm. I don't think they're like, I'm literally your biological yeah. father. I'm going to tuck you in now. Kiss me goodnight. You know, I think that the Red Hot Chili Peppers have always aimed to be a little funny. Yeah. And I think right, they're yeah. like, who's your daddy? Yeah. You know, that's what uh, I think what they're going for. Do you agree with me? Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. Um, now, I will say that the lyrics aren't very clear about that, uh-huh. you know, because the daughter character in the song is like, so she's like talking to mommy uh-huh. right and asking where but still yeah like pretty clear they're not like you know what we're in favor of fucking our daughters <laughs> you know it's a joke and they, yeah. and they are not intending to be uh yeah like they're just like tenacious d yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. just like funny yeah they're just being funny and it's not they're not uh being funny at the expense of people uh sexual abuse victims they're meaning daddy in the slang term um so rob fitzpatrick can just go to hell dude right all right that's all i have to say about fitzpatrick but that's not the last song on the album though from here you know, the shortest song we've had up to this point is get up and jump with the 253 pretty short song as it is but 253 uh the next song is two minutes song after that is 115 Song Damn. after that is 14 seconds. So they're probably like, fuck, dude, I'm losing my buzz. Let's get this over dude, with. Dude, <laughs> that that's more what I think. Yeah. Is not, the problem with the album, I don't think, is the producer. The problem with the album, in my opinion, is they didn't have a full album yet. They were like, no, they did oh, have yeah. demos of both of these songs. Uh-huh. Uh, out in L.A. is first, and then Police Helicopter is second. This is Out in L.A. Well, I'm a bunch of rivers living in a cool way Along with six million others in this place called L.A. 
This sounds like 80s rap, am I yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Ellie's the place, it's my mind to blaze. Small men's a race, your cops pick and maze. The town makes me jump, it's got a bunch of bad chicks. My share's got the trucks, but I still get my kicks. My bucket of the scrum, and I lick a rock, paper like thumb in the thumb. Pop, 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 I love that, like, trigger. Yeah. This is another one where you can tell that Anthony Kiedis is barely laying back enough to still be in time with the music. You know, the faster he spits, uh-huh. like, the closer he comes to just train wreck with these, but... It's okay. Uh, the demo version, and I, I'm not going to play it because I don't think people need to hear it for me to make that point. But like, the the demo version is pretty bad. Like he he falls off the beat. Oh really? Pretty po- pretty badly a couple times. Um, then there's police helicopter. Kind of starts in a similar-ish way, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that's going on a lot with the drummer is like the six. Notes on the hi hat, like yeah. I can't even does do it, it all the time yeah. though. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I can speak to this a little bit. Like, I mean, think about what they probably had to do. You know, in college, my my band in college, uh, when our singer decided like we got to do an album, which was stupid. We didn't have a record deal or anything. Uh-huh. But when my my singer was like, we got to do an album. He got in it. He's one of these guys that got it in his head, and like, you know, we had to do it like within a month after that. Like, bro, he convinced me. I had all these this savings money, and I'm not gonna say I made my own choices. Yeah. But he kind of like told me I had to take my savings out to fund this album. Like, how stupid was that? Really stupid, guys. Like, I I'm in favor of, you know, pursuing your dreams. But, like, be smart about it, for Pete's sake. I took out a lot of money. At one point, he also told me to sell my car so we could get a Oh, my van. God, yeah. dude. And that was where I drew the line. Yeah. I was like, I'm not selling my car <laughs> so that we can have a band van. Um, because he was the same guy who was like, hey, this next summer we should go live in San Diego and just, you know, play the play the scene out there and, like, get our name out. And then we organized it. We set it all up. And then he bailed. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. So anyway, I'm not... (laughs) Gave you the finger. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. So anyway, getting back to recording, we had um, actually... I almost decided not to say this on... You know what? I'll tell you off mic. All right. That's the kind of thing that like will make people be like, whoa, I need to know this Off mic with Mike. Hopefully someday he'll tell the audience this story, but I'll tell you off mic. But what I will tell you on mic is we... We're between drummers at the time. We had a drummer. He had a different band at the same time. And he was like, you know, it was very similar to the Chili Peppers, except for the fame that would follow. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got this other band. I'm not, I, you know, I don't really have time to do this band right now. So I called my high school drummer from my high school band and was like, hey, man, can you record this album for us on drums? Like, we'll do the drums first. 11 songs. We'll get it done as fast as we can. He learned and recorded those songs in a week. Yeah. So like, you know, if Cliff Martinez and and all signs point to this, if he was in at all a similar situation, he's probably 
he's probably got to dumb down some stuff mm-hmm. a little bit and right. repeat licks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Just to, like, make it work. Yeah, right. Um, so I, I don't... That makes hold, sense. I can't hold that against yeah. him too much, so... Um, dude, I am... Before we get to the next 14-second song, as we keep talking about, like, what hurdles the new musicians had to overcome, the new to the band, like... And I keep kind of saying Anthony Kiedis or implying that Anthony Kiedis is like the weak link here. I will say that all of them, like if they're, you see a band of like 21 year olds playing this stuff, I'd be pretty impressed. Right. You know, like yeah, these yeah. guys are real musicians. Yeah. Like this, this guitar player, like I know that apparently the band hated him. He, he wails for like an early twenties guitar player. Yeah. Like broken play. Yeah. <coughs> I don't know what you think about the drummer, but I, I, I like, like him, him yeah. enough. Um, and obviously flees the shit. Yeah, for, dude. So, um, I, I gotta give it up to them on this. Here's a 14 second song. Dude, it makes it think like your tape is yeah. skipping at the time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah. is this right? What? Yeah. What? <laughs> this is before the... Well, no, CDs were invented by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, obviously... Just or vinyl weird. record. Yeah, vinyl, yeah. yeah, vinyl skipping. Um, obviously a weird song. Yeah. But it's, there's nothing to say about it. Last song, officially on the original release, is called Grand Pappy Duplenty. So this song is a weird instrumental. It's 414. I didn't listen to this one. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, man. You got to listen to it. That's pretty much the tune. That same thing over and over. It is Pink Floydy. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Definitely no. Yeah. I don't even know what I said. <laughs> Am I Anthony Kiedis now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you know what Anthony Kiedis stays away from? I'm going to mention this a lot while we go over this, but one of my biggest beasts with Anthony Kiedis is when he's getting lazy with his rhymes, he'll just like throw the name of a state in there. 
Oh, you can always yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you can always like throw in Mississippi. State of Wisconsin, State of yeah. Mississippi, State yeah. of Indiana. Yeah, that, like you can always rhyme something if you just throw a state in there. Um, and he doesn't really do that on this one, so good on him, dude. Anthony Kiedis is the red hot in the Chili Peppers. He he's what makes the band crazy. I you think, don't think would they not be crazy uh, if he wasn't in the band? I mean, Flea's pretty crazy. I mean, like. I'm not saying you're he, wrong. He doesn't take it seriously. I mean, but he does. Dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> and point. you need that. Like, we've been saying that this through the whole podcast. Is yeah. like, that's the best music. Dude, good point. I think if he wasn't there to kind of, like, balance it. Yeah. It might be, like, a little too close to, like... Yeah. You know, because Flea has roots in jazz and stuff. Yeah, I think it would have got too, like, weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, good point. Um that brings gives us the opportunity to talk a little bit about uh, Anthony Kiedis, like growing up. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis was the Flea and Anthony Kiedis both had broken homes, broken in that their parents were divorced. I don't think their lives were like terrible, but Anthony Kiedis's mom lived in like Minnesota or something, and his dad was an actor in L.A. Like was on TV shows that you've heard of, like yeah. Magnum PI and stuff. Um, and Anthony Kiedis was in some TV shows. Like he was going to be an actor first mm. and his dad was, uh, I would say objectively not trying to get sued a shitty dad. Like, like basically introduced Anthony to drugs and like mm. promiscuous sex and all that. So Anthony was like, fuck school, man. Like I don't need school. So you're right. He was the like crazy fun loving one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, flea was also that way, but like I said, he was a jazz musician. Mm-hmm. So he had, he had the discipline there. Um, who knows? I don't know. Uh, I, I can't expand on that too much other than to say that I think you're basically right that he was, all, he's the charismatic one too. Like apparently when the band was getting started before Anthony Kiedis was actually a part of it, he would like introduce them and he was really good at like riffing on stage and like yeah. saying funny yeah. things to introduce the band and stuff. And then one time he started rapping for them and that like, that was the end of it. That's like how he joined the band or whatever, but uh, so yeah, I think you're pretty on point there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, he's a beast. He he is perfect for them. Yeah, you know, that long ass hair, like at the very beginning. Dude, he's got the perfect look. Yeah, he does have it. And he, yeah, he's he definitely has that. He definitely has the look for it. So um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say about him, but it, it'll have to come up later because yeah. I can't recall what it was. So that gets us the the reissue that I have has another song on it that I don't think it's important to hear, but mm. uh, it's kind of like an acu- uh, acoustic like vocals with bass only song. That's uh, kind of cool, but um, yeah, that gets us to the end. Yeah, um, I would call it an, a pretty easy listen, especially for a Chili Peppers album. Um, you know, when the longest song is four minutes, yeah, it's pretty simple. Uh, like I said, normally with a Red Hot Chili Peppers album, I'm expecting 30 to 40% of the songs to be something I just want to skip through. But I'm pretty into this one. Like, yeah. finally time to let the cat out of the bag. I'm buying Freaky Styley because yeah. I, I give this a thumbs up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Freaky Styley was supposed to be delivered to my house last night, according to Amazon, and it was not. Dude. Bad job. Dude. Was CD's pretty hard new? to find now, you know. Was it used or new? New. Hmm. 
Apparently there was only one left at the time. Damn, dude. Yeah, I know. I I picked up that very last one. Just like that hot chocolate one. Hot chocolate one. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Hot chocolate. We should do In that the sometime. Backseat of my Cadillac. Let, Let me take, take you there. there. We should do that for Halloween. Like we should. Our Halloween episode should be like we're pretending dressing up as a '70s podcast, just that, so we can funny. do hot chocolate. Yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we pretty much covered all there is to say yeah. about this because it's not, it's not like a classic. Mm-hmm. It's not like wow, my mind it's is pretty blown. underground. Yeah, and and we knew what Flea was. Yeah, and so it's not like, um, it's not like this is a huge shock to us because we've seen what the Chili Peppers are now. But it was surprising to me that I liked it as much as I did, especially for an album that like isn't that popular mm-hmm. and and the band doesn't really like and i don't know uh i liked it yeah oh the band doesn't like this album well i think they look at it sort of like there, there are moments that they are proud of like yeah. look at what we had you know this was the beginning of something cool but they don't think it was a fully realized vision mm. i think they have regrets about it um but then after this Freaky Styley is going to be produced by George Clinton. So they're oh, moving yeah. from one of their, you know, favorite, uh, yeah. and I, you I, know, a, an idol, a hero of theirs to a different one for the second one. What so like, have you listened to 80s George Clinton? Yeah, a little bit, but not like studied. It's kind of like, I mean, it's like funk, but different. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll let you borrow it, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have some homework to do with Freaky Styley. Yeah. First. Um, did you got anything else? No, dude. Oh my gosh. Well, that was a pretty, uh, I think that episode might've been pretty tight. Like we went right through it. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) You know what? It was a nice tight just over an hour though. So we did good. Don't forget to, oh my God. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We left that off. Five stars only. Yeah. Hey, rate. No, subscribe, rate, review. Yes. Follow us on Wet Bandits Band. That's all the the platforms. And you know what? Hashtag get wet. Get wet. And bye. Bye. I got a story. A story once was told. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. Hey, yeah. Oh, wah, oh, wah, oh, wah. And I got a story. A story once was sold. Two young boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. And I got a story. Boys go into the liquor store where they sold their souls. Hey, yeah. Oh, wow.